think I'll go ahead and jump in and I'll just keep an eye on others that might be joining. Um, so like I mentioned, I'm uh, Adam Weigel, Transit and Parking Manager for the City of Lawrence, and thank you all for joining us tonight um, to talk about uh, concepts, initial concepts for transit facilities in Lawrence. Um, we will, as far as the structure of tonight, we'll, we'll try to keep it um, pretty short on our end um, and, and provide plenty of time for people to jump in with thoughts and comments. Uh, I do want us to be able to run through some of the info we have, kind of get us all on the same page and understanding uh, as to why we're doing the project, what we are considering, um, and then we can certainly jump into the specific uh, comments and questions you all have and, and um, go back to any slide that, um, that we look at. So uh, just because my name's the only one on the screen, I'll just mention that I have Gary Reinheimer with me. Uh, Gary works for City MSO, uh, engineer helping us with the project. So we're both here able to help and answer questions as needed. So with that, um, Tony, would you mind advancing slide? So I just wanted to uh, briefly uh, give an idea of kind of why we're doing this, where we've come. Um, so transit's been operating in Lawrence since the year 2000. Uh, in 2010, we were um, needed to relocate uh, where we were doing downtown transfers. We were at uh, near 9th in Massachusetts. There was some construction in that area that um, required that we, that we look for something different on a temporary basis. Uh, we briefly moved uh, to 9th in New Hampshire. Um, looked at options near the Santa Fe Depot and 800 block of Vermont, but, but didn't actually move to either of those places at that time. And uh, ended up being that the, the 700 block was the most suitable for a temporary spot uh, that gave us kind of the right amount of space we needed for 88 boardings and that type of thing. Um, it was not anticipated that eight years later, we'd still be in a temporary location. So um, we are looking to find something that that works better on a long-term basis and uh, works for the community. So um, from that time, there were a couple different studies that looked at where it would make sense for a primary transit facility. Uh, so studies in 2014 and 2018 looked at a number of sites. Uh, both of them uh, in those studies looked at areas around like 21st in Iowa and 20th and Stewart, kind of in the same area. Um, in both cases, there was concerns about it being too close to uh, like single-family residential neighborhoods, so um, the sites just didn't end up being a good fit. Um, sandwiched between that, there was an attempt to get a Tiger Grant in 2016. Um, those are quite competitive um, grants on a national scale, so uh, did not receive funding for that. So ultimately, in, in 2020, July of last year, we move forward with KU to site the primary facility at Bob Billings and Crestline. It's um, the southeast corner there, Bob Billings and Crestline is a property that the university owns. It was identified as one of the sites in 2018. Um, and so we move forward with that being the primary site. Now, um, with that said, as we, as we stepped into how routes might be redesigned to serve new facilities, it became pretty clear that there's just um, there are a lot of people living downtown. There are a lot of businesses downtown, and those are the, the places we 
want and need to serve with transit. That's where a lot of our ridership comes from is people accessing housing and businesses. So um, it became clear we still needed some presence downtown. We couldn't just move every route out to that main facility. So um, as you'll see tonight, we're, we're also looking at some uh, reduction in the number of routes we have downtown, but some, some improvements to accommodate that. Um, so next slide. And on um, this slide, I just want to provide our project website. Um, we have a lot of the information that is background for this project. Um, the recording of this video, as well as the recording from earlier today, are going to go up there. So if you need to catch yourself back up on anything or, or kind of revisit what we talk about, that's a good place to do it. Next slide. Uh, Timeline-wise, um, really in, in a general sense, we're looking at design throughout this calendar year, throughout 2021, uh, construction beginning in 2022, um, targeting an opening date in August of 2022. Uh, we change our transit routes once per year in August, right before the university begins, um, so that students can plan on where they want to live and different things. So that's uh, the general timeline we're looking at to kind of align new facilities opening with a route redesign that would serve those places. Next slide. Um, I won't go through all the bullets here, but I did just want to highlight we, we've been uh, doing our best to get out um, in, in front of this project, trying to get involvement early. Um, you know, I have some info from 2014 and 2018 on there, but we've tried to do a lot of direct outreach, both to neighborhoods and downtown. Um, this last week, maybe some of you on the call spoke with some of our staff. We were out uh, walking through downtown, trying to hand out paper information to this and, and get folks to join us on these calls so that we make sure and hear from folks that, that could be impacted. Um, we do have some upcoming Things to note as well, that's tonight. So um, you're welcome to join. We have our monthly public transit advisory committee meeting on Monday night. We'll be talking through some of this as well. Um, and we are, we don't, we're finalizing details today. Um, so we'll try to get stuff out uh, tomorrow or Friday about some uh, library tabling work that we plan to do next week. So if you'd like to um, kind of look at We'll have the same concepts we show you tonight kind of laid out on the table and we can uh, be there to talk through things with you and, and answer questions. Um, we hope to do that at, an, at a few different time periods on Tuesday the 15th and also Saturday the 19th. Um, so we'll have more details coming out, but be aware of that. Next slide, I think at this point I'm handing off to Tony to, to talk through some of um, some of his information. So we have Tony Kellen here tonight uh, from Wendell. Uh, Wendell is our architect and engineer firm who's helping with the design of this project. Um, so with that, I'll hand it over to you, Tony. Thanks, Adam. I appreciate it. So um, we were in uh, Lawrence uh, in April for our immersion process, which essentially is just an intensive uh, multi-day. We were there for three and a half days. We had nine stakeholder meetings. We had um, three meetings with the city and university and then some public meetings as well. And so we want to just kind of boil down the topics that were 
uh, the top of mind uh, for Bob Billings for the multimodal first. We had a lot of, we heard a lot about traffic flow on Bob Billings and Crestline. We heard a lot about making sure we have safe pedestrian movements on and off that site on that corner. Um, we had heard a lot from passengers about the amenities that they wanted with Wi-Fi, charging stations, phone for their phones, wheelchairs even, water fountains, bike facilities, um, bathrooms, restrooms for not only the bus operators, but also the, the patrons. Um, some ability for grab and go items. Um, limited, you know, we heard from the maintenance staff, it would be nice to have some storage area for those minor little repairs that can be done right on the island so that customers aren't inconvenienced with bus swaps. So things like headlights, wipers, that type of thing. Uh, we heard, you know, from the university and the city how important sustainability is on the site. So you're going to see bioswales and water retention. Uh, we're looking at the feasibility of solar uh, on those places where we can put it. Um, we heard from the neighborhood concerns about light and noise um, and making sure we're sensitive to the neighborhood and fit in that way. And then, of course, the transportation connections that are important for the inner city carriers, Greyhound, the airport shuttles, other ride sharing services, and the ability to have people dropped off and picked up uh, from the site. So you'll see that in our designs. For downtown, the primary topics were really parking loss and parking replacement, and trying to find a more safe and welcoming space for the downtown, as opposed to just being you know, dropped off on the sidewalk and running across the street where they're at right now. Passenger amenities were talked about, including restrooms and seating, um, bike facilities, uh, protection from the weather, try to address those, and then considerations for possible future development uh, in line with the city's uh, mission uh, as they're studying their uh, development plans for downtown. And then we heard about the farmer's market. So what I'd like to do is we're going to move right into the designs because we want to give you folks time to comment. Um, the first design that I wanted to show is the Lawrence Multimodal Transfer Center. And we do three options for downtown, a slight variation on one of the downtown options. But um, the first option is, you know, and let's just first maybe talk about project design requirements. Um, we're looking at uh, 10 bus slots for the city bus and the university bus system, and then two for uh, intermodal, um, such as your Greyhound and so forth. Um, so we have what's called a sawtooth island. You're gonna see that on every single one of our design options. A sawtooth is just a name for the shape that you see. It looks like a sawtooth. And the feature that is most desirable for sawtooth operations is that any bus in any location can come into their spot irrespective of the other routes. So it's not a first in first out uh, type of situation. It gives you the maximum flexibility um, for a route that's coming in late to just pull right around and pull in um, and board their passengers deboard. Um, so you're gonna see that sawtooth configuration on everything. You're gonna see parking and drop off area in all the designs. You're gonna see uh, entry and exit points, which are gonna primarily be on Bob, excuse me, on Crestline. And then in a couple of options, you're gonna see access exiting primarily um, for buses uh, through this long drive behind the university buildings that are here. So those main elements are common throughout all of the project uh, designs, including the multimodal facility, which is about 4,000 square feet. Um, that would have 
all those elements I talked about earlier. And then we'd also make provisions for, um, you know, bike racks and uh, bike storage and those types of amenities as well. Um, so this is the first, first option that we have where we have the sawtooth configuration this way. We have an exit for buses this way and we have um, a small uh, kind of uh, triangle shaped entry and exit point and we put the drainage in the corner. So these next variations are going to be variations on that theme. The second variation moves the parking, slides this sawtooth island closer to the drainage area, moves the multimodal facility out here um, behind the facility, uh, excuse me, behind the island and behind the parking, and then uh, reconfigures the parking. What we try to do is we try to always have a way for buses to get out to go just, I believe it's southbound on Bob Billings, or is that west? I never can remember. Um, but for those of you that know, to the right <laughs> only out of there. And um, similar advantages and disadvantages to this. Um, on the other one, you know, there's the passengers have to go a little bit farther to access the platform. Um, the multimodal facility before is prominent, you know, to the street corner here. Um, in this case, it's back behind uh, the island and the parking. Uh, the bus circulation remains pretty much the same. And in all these options, we always want to keep the bus and vehicle traffic separated from each other's. Um, in this one, we have a dedicated acceleration lane. And so that's the primary features of this one. So again, option one, looking like that. Option two, looking like that. A third option is where we take the facility and we place it right on the island, on the Sawtooth Island. So in this option, um, the advantage is that um, the bus circulation still remains separated, but the riders don't have to leave the platform. The downside to this is that it's also more expensive to build such a wide island to be able to fit that facility on there. And it also makes it a little more difficult to cover the island with that width with a complete canopy. So in this design, we have canopies that come down just on the sides covering the buses. Um, and then the activity, you know, instructs the view of the multimodal facility. Um, but one way or another, this whole feature would be very prominent. And then we have the parking lot again, exiting, or excuse me, entering using this long drive. And we have the buses going out a different way through an acceleration lane. So option two, you can see we have those, and three, we have that same bus exiting and just slightly different parking configurations. Now we've already received feedback from the university that, um, and actually just with the costing of the project that this really, this road back here is really not feasible. So I just wanna mention that we are looking at another option because of this hillside and the amount of excavation required, we're looking at another option that would put that multimodal facility between the parking lot, slide this parking over and take part of this uh, building that's not really being used by the university. And that's an option that's uh, okay with the university. So those are the, your, your three primary options. You have parking between the bioswale and buildings, parking to the right, the island closer, and then the third option where the building is on the island. And again, a fourth option that looks uh, is a variety of this that is in development. From there, we'll go to downtown. 
Um, the first option for downtown is Vermont between uh, 8th and 9th. And here what we do is we remove the uh, diagonal parking from the parking lot and the on-street parallel parking. And we do another sawtooth configuration with five bus slips. Canopies, this, you, you'll find this uh, design requirements in all of the downtown options is that we have the five slips. That was a primary we were given. We have the covered canopy over the front entry doors. And then these yellow boxes are uh, bus shelters to get you completely out of the elements if you're waiting uh, for a bus. We have a tabletop crosswalk that gets you safely across the street. Um, we have a driver amenity building down here, and then we have a green space in the bottom that connects the downtown walkway um, to this area. And we see that as a space that can be used by the community. And we have some drop off uh, parking here. In this option, the first two options that you're gonna see, we take the bicycle traffic and we create a cycle track that goes actually behind the platform, this gray area, and then transitions back onto the roadway there. Now I wanna show you, um, well, we can just talk about the advantages. We have the green space, we have the dedicated cycle track, which we think is safer um, with the bus operation there. And we separate the bus and car movements from each other. We maintain or improve this entrance here and exit, and then we do a right in, right out for this parking lot down here. Um, we don't have the pedestrians crossing on the platform, you know, and the car traffic, but we do provide that mid-block tabletop crosswalk. The disadvantages really is that um, you do have some mixed activity on this sidewalk. So it functions both as a city sidewalk and as um, a bus platform. And that, was, that is not uncommon in cities where we've designed this type of a layout. We'll show you a cross section of that Essentially what you have is you have the parallel parking across the street. You still have the southbound driving lane, the middle turn lane, the northbound lane, and then your buses pull into the sawtooth. And you have a 27 foot, 10 inch wide um, at the widest point um, sidewalk and bus uh, waiting area for your shelters and your overhangs and so forth and the cycle track. So plenty of room. Um, we have another option that we showed as a variation um, but before we, we talk about that, I'd like Adam to just be able to um, talk about parking um, and how those impacts are on the street here. Yeah, so for the so for the downtown options, um, we know that, that parking is an issue we need to look at closely. So with some of the new technology that our parking division has um, with LPR vehicles and, and different things, we're able to see uh, occupancy in different areas. Uh, at different times of day. So um, the, the different charts you'll see throughout here are about 10 days worth of data in May of this year. We're going to keep collecting that over the next month leading up to uh, the city commission meeting so that we can um, kind of make sure we're, we're kind of seeing semi-regular patterns, at least for uh, this time. Um, so just to orient you on the left side of the screen, uh, you see the parking spaces within that black dotted line that would be impacted by this particular option. And um, there are ones that are shaded a pink color, and those are long-term 10-hour meters. 
And then there's uh, those shaded a red color within the parking lot that are the two hour free spaces that exist in lot three. And um, during the time period this information was collected, one of the things that really stands out to us as staff is you see um, at a variety of times a day, those, those pink spaces or the 10 hour long-term meters are very full. Um, those are very well utilized. And um, that's something that uh, if we were to proceed with this option, we definitely need to figure out how those get replaced. Um, are there two hour spaces that would be converted to 10 hour long-term? Um, you know, there's different options we could look at, but uh, it would not be viable for us to just remove those without figuring out how to um, replace long-term parking in this area. We see that as a, a need. Um, now the, the red graph below, you can see, um, at least in the, the data we've gathered so far, does look like there's some capacity in that lot um, at different times of day, uh, kind of peaks um, throughout the, the midday heading towards afternoon. Um, so that's kind of what we're seeing from a parking angle. There will be similar uh, charts that we'll look at in the other downtown options. Um, so I can talk briefly about those when we get to them. Second option is really a variation of the first. The only change, everything else stays the same. Um, we still have you know, access in and out of this parking lot. We still have all the backup house operations are maintained just like they are today. Um, but in this one, as in 1A, we had the center lane and we heard feedback that that's sometimes used for uh, vehicle back of house loading and unloading. Uh, in this case, we decided to see what it would look like to add diagonal parking um, to the design. And that's really as a mitigation to limit the number of parking spaces lost. So we gained some by putting 37 angled spaces in here. Um, what that does is it does take away the center drive lane. So looking at that from a perspective, um, street view, you can see where we now have the angled parking. Um, that takes up about an additional five feet. We have the southbound lane, northbound driving lane. Actually, it takes up a little bit more than five feet, but we still comfortably have a 15 and a 13-foot lane. We have the bus uh, lane the same. Where we lose five feet is in the platform. So you know, we'd like to stay as wide as we could since it is functioning as a city sidewalk as well. But um, this still works and just from a design standpoint and we have the cycle track. So not a lot of change, but we have that again, shrinking here and turn lane is gone, center turn lane. And so the only additional information I'll have here, you see similar graphs we looked at below with those 10 hour spaces having high occupancy. Um, Lot three having potentially some room, some capacity there. The, there are some two hour meters on the west side of Vermont Street there and uh, saw pretty low utilization in the, um, the time so far that we've been able to record those. We okay to move on? Um, I, do, I do see Linda, I'm hoping Linda we can, we're hoping just to briefly run through the last two options here, and then we'll, we'll go back to any slide you want us all to go back to. Is that okay? Okay. Yes. Th thanks, Linda. I see a nod. Yeah, we're not trying to limit discussion. We're just trying to maybe get at a high level here, and then we'll let people can go back to any slide we would like. 
Um, so the second option is between 10th and 11th on Vermont. Um, you know, to meet the design requirements for five spaces, um, there's just really not an option but to take the entire uh, lot again. So whereas option one is a very efficient and good use of space, this is this requires taking the whole lot. Um, we have six metered spaces lost, 45 parking lot spaces lost. And when we when you see the word 15 existing tree loss, we'll preserve what trees we can and put back trees in the design as well. So it's not that we're you know, completely making it a hardscape and eliminating all the trees. We have a little bit more area for green space, um, but we do have a dedicated loading area so people are not traveling quite as far down the platform so they can circulate right in the center here. Um, and the driver amenity building is not as far away. And um, you see the word ride hail here, but really what that is is parallel parking um, for uh, area businesses and access to the alley. Um, disadvantages, um, again, impact of the long-term parking. And then we have uh, joint bus and car traffic coming in and out of here. And that is generally never um, very desirable from a safety standpoint. We like to see um, that separated. So that's Vermont between 10th and 11th. Then we go to the parking configuration on that. Yeah, and I'll just mention with this lot, obviously a lot more spaces impacted. Um, and again, this is uh, 10 days worth of data in, in May of this year, but you can see um, pretty low occupancies through the morning and early afternoon. They, they go up somewhat uh, towards the end of the day. But like I said, we'll keep collecting data and see if we can gain a better overall picture. Okay, and then the third option is over on New Hampshire across and near the farmer's market. Uh, location. In this configuration, again, we're taking the entire lot. We're putting some parking back in here for the business back of house. The alley is maintained. Um, we do have, as a disadvantage, a large amount of grading work um, to make this transition and to make this space work. Um, the driver amenity stays on the island, a similar configuration to between 9th and 10th on Vermont. Um, uh, you know, whenever you can move the station activity completely from a street, it, it's, you know, it's advantageous to the operations, but again, option one still works quite well. Um, buses, businesses get this, this newer uh, designated loading and parking area, uh, proximity and connection to Massachusetts is good. I think there's a natural crossing through here, if I remember, um, but the project impacts are significant um, with four meter spaces lost and 86 parking lot spaces lost. Be brief, but yeah, like Tony mentioned, a lot of, a lot of spaces impacted and um, the occupancies here are, are definitely higher than some of the other ones we've seen. And then we can talk about the next steps. Yeah, I'll just speak briefly on this and then we'll be able to open it up for uh, folks. We can go back to any slide you want. I just want to mention the, the darker colored tiles where we're at right now with the public meetings today. Uh, we do have a presentation that will be um, uh, similar content with our public transit advisory committee meeting on Monday. Um, so you're welcome to uh, join us there, listen into that. Um, we will be 
coming back to the Multimodal Transportation Commission and the Public Transit Advisory Committee in July with, um, you know, after we've received a lot of the comments throughout this month and that other engagement we'll be doing, we'll be consolidating all that um, for any revisions we need to make to, to concepts that you see tonight. Um, ultimately, getting some direction from City Commission on the 13th as to what concepts for each location we should move forward with. The one thing that um, I mentioned on a prior slide that doesn't show up here because we were still finalizing details is that um, next week, looking at some tabling in-person opportunities at the library on uh, 15th, which is a Tuesday, and also that Saturday the 19th, we hope to be um, available in person in the front lobby area of the library with the same concepts you see tonight, but able to answer questions in person or write down comments on the maps themselves. So I'll, I'll leave it at that. And, and at this time we'll, we'll be pretty informal about this. We'll try to give, um, you know, uh, give time for everybody to have a chance to chime in. But perhaps since I saw Linda raise her hand, if, would you like to start and we can go back wherever you'd like us to? Yes. Go. Can you hear me? Yes, we can. Okay. Um, first of all, I'd like to talk about the 800 New Hampshire site, the very last option for downtown that you presented. Uh, just so you are aware, uh, my sister and I are sitting here. We're the property managers for two of the buildings that would be impacted um, by the um, why this option, but I'm looking at this, the parallel parking space in the alley. And we have private parking off the alley. And I cannot figure out how one would get a car out of there if somebody was parallel parked. And I just wanted to point that out to the architect. We can barely make the curve as it is. <laughs> and so if you take half the alley, I think we'd lose five private parking places right next to the, the breezeway on the other side of Jackson. It's, the address is 824 Mass. Okay. I, I don't know. If, and there's also light poles there in the alley that I'm not sure how you would parallel park around those as well. They're power poles, actually. Right. Has that been considered? Did anybody try to see if that there was anything working? You've got Pickleman's too that tries to get in and out constantly all day long from their private parking. So I'm just pointing out that really doesn't work. This parallel parking does not work for uh, Jock's Niche. It doesn't work for Downtown Barber. It doesn't work for 826 Mass or 824 Mass. And you might inquire with Pickleman's, which is another couple down. Also, I'm not sure why you didn't consider the fact of light and noise um, and also more loitering with the downtown um, terminals. You considered that with the KU one impact on the people who live around there, but there are people living in this area as well. Um, and one of them is at 824. There's apartments above several of these uh, retail businesses, plus across the street, you've got that um, the lofts that are right across the street too. This is 
going to make an impact on them as far as having light, uh, noise of buses coming in and out, plus that for the, the businesses as well. Mm -hmm. um, long-term long parking, what, what does that do to long-term parking that was in this lot? Um, do we totally lose all of those? Those are the people who uh, basically work in this area that have been parking there in that lot. Um, I don't know if somebody can answer that question for me too. Um, uh, one more thing, you know, I, I've talked to the businesses for this particular one and it doesn't look very feasible. It looks more expensive. It looks like it's a huge loss of parking in an already very busy lot. So, you know, I, I don't know if I'm wasting my energy here, but in talking to the businesses, we have a lot of elderly who park back there to go in and get their hair cut at downtown Barber. We have a lot of elderly people who go into jock snitch. We have families that are going to therapists uh, who need one hour quick parking there. And um, it, this plan really does not work for the surrounding businesses. So I, I wanted to make that statement, um, but also ask if anyone has tried to see if you can back out of 824 <laughs> this plan. Well, first of all, I would say that um, yes and no. I mean, we, we're constrained to that lot. Uh, you know, maybe this depiction is a little bit deceptive in that way, but anytime we're doing a development like this, you know, there's a lot of a different things that need to be that come into consideration and adjustments that can be made. But I think as we're, I don't know if it's out of turn to say this, Adam, but this is, is becoming one of the more costlier options. So it, uh, it may not, you know, be percolating up to the top, but, um, you know, we realize there's going to be from a design standpoint, pros and cons on all of those sites. In regard to the loitering thing, we just we did not hear a lot of comments about loitering in the in the downtown uh, transit center um, discussions. I'm not sure you know, why that is. Um, I think maybe it came up more with the um, you know the multimodal facility just because it is a facility that has restrooms, bathrooms, and um, waiting area and that type of a thing. So that's maybe why that percolated more at the top on that. Well, light, also the light and the noise. And um, I don't know if you guys can still hear me. I don't know if I'm muted again. Yes, but, we can. Um, <laughs> yeah, sorry. Um, I think that this is the first time I've had input today. And since we have a pretty valuable stake in this, um, we also have a building on the other side of the street. So we're impacted by the one that you're looking at in the between 8th and 9th on Vermont as well. So, um, you know, this is gonna impact us. And um, I'm just wondering why there isn't an option that doesn't take out any parking places downtown. Why isn't there an option on city land somewhere else? Well, I think, you know, from a designer standpoint, one thing that I could offer um, is that parking is always a sensitive topic in any downtown area. And we design these projects all over the U.S. We're actually in 38 states. And um, it's always a hot button issue. But, you know, in many places that we go, and I, I 
I think um, Lawrence is not an exception. Um, you want to see things that are done in your downtown that's going to enhance and improve um, the business climate. And I think you have a real opportunity here in the downtown to put in a first-class operation that creates a logical connection between the university and downtown that can actually bring you more business. Um, it doesn't have to be looked at as a negative to the downtown. And I think that's where we're trying to find spots in the downtown core. Um, we were kind of, you know, there's been a lot of study done. And so we're the last design firm to the game here. But when we look at this site, uh, option one in downtown, it actually does probably have the least amount of impact. There is a parking garage nearby that um, is only a half a block away. And we think it can be a good amenity and a good um, an enhancement to your downtown, an enhancement to your bus system, and a good connection to the university. I believe there's two or three routes that connect from the university. So, but there are always trade-offs. But more and more, we're seeing the younger generation leave their cars behind and look for public transportation options. And um, you're right, this is a thriving area. The whole downtown, I was very impressed. Do you have data? Do you have data to support that uh, people would be taking the bus from campus to downtown to spend money downtown? I don't, I, I just, I don't see that. That seems like a real stretch to me. I'd like to know what your data is that indicates that bus riders are going to come downtown and spend money at downtown businesses. Um, I don't know why they wouldn't Uber. Why would they, mm -hmm. why would they not Uber downtown? I just don't know. Tell me about a population that is using the bus to get downtown to spend money downtown, please. Mm -hmm. So I can speak a little bit yeah, to that. Right. Um, so I'll say something about that. I, I can't raise my hand because I haven't learned how to do it yet, but I'm apparently the only person. Can people say their name because this is being recorded? Patricia Sinclair. Thank you. Thank you. I'd just like to say that I feel like I'm being talked about, like I'm trash, because I use the bus, and I'm a senior citizen, and I'm entitled to go downtown, and I have, we have been chased around from one place to another in downtown, and I feel like we're being told to go elsewhere, and I'm a senior citizen, I used to drive, I no longer drive, I do spend money, not, you know, thousands of dollars or hundreds of dollars, I'm just saying that I'm hearing this talk and I don't like it. I feel you're not considering the need of people and the right of people to have public transportation as any decent city would, would do. And it's part of our infrastructure. It's part of what makes a city good. And I have no uh, problem with having buses near Doug Compton's places on New Hampshire he had uh, he he got all kinds of special deals on that, and buses used to park near there. Now he has cars emerge from a garage, like practically to mow you down when you're walking on the sidewalk. So I don't know. I just got aggravated hearing this kind of talk, and I'd like to say I'm sympathetic to people who are running businesses downtown, but because you have a business or because somebody has developed a loft that where people live does not mean that they can just have the right to say we aren't going to have suitable 
bus transfer stations downtown. I like to go to places like at the library and the post office and some food sometimes when we get out of this, you know, current situation. And uh, uh, I don't know. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm just so upset about this. I can hardly speak. I mean, I'm, I'm looking at the first one and thinking that was the best one, the 800 block of Vermont. And now I hear complaints about that one too. It, I don't, you know, I think the third one didn't sound great because it sounded like there were going to be a lot of uh, very little use out of a big space. But I also don't think it's a wise use of our, our parking spaces downtown to have 10 hour meters, which I think may now be being sold to people uh, through the parking system, Adam would know, uh, where they can use, uh, you know, kind of basically reserve a, 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 a private space. And I don't think that that is a, uh, a good use of our, um, our parking. Uh, I have specific questions about the, the space, the number one location. Things went by kind of fast. I'd be happy to talk about that later, but I mean, I feel like, I mean, I went to the very first meeting about public transportation in this city. I've gone through a lot of different things. I had a car until just a few years ago. Now I'm old and I, I don't drive anymore, okay? But I mean, it's nobody's right to say that they just because they own property, we can't have a, a bus transfer place downtown. I would think those electric ones are more um, quieter buses. Is that true, Adam? It, it is, yeah. And we are looking to roll those out. Um, and I do, yeah, appreciate the comments. I do want to be sensitive. I see, uh, I've been trying to keep track of whose hands went up first. So I might, I might go down the line. We can always come back to folks who've spoken, but I think I saw Emily and then David. So I don't know if either of you would like to jump in. Sure. Uh, Emily Lyson, Director of Development, Lawrence Farmers Market. Um, so um, would love to comment on a couple things. Uh, for us also, option three is not ideal as the farmer's market, um, you know, option three takes out all of the parking since we are located in a parking lot. Yes, we have intentions to move to a new permanent location sometime in the future, but currently like taking out um, parking for us. And it just seems very like a lot of wasted space in that New Hampshire lot. Um, so for just looking at that option one looked definitely the best for the most best use of, uh, of space. Um, I had some other questions about that um, option one with the downtown one. Um, so I used to work for the horticulture department and my, some of my questions are about like the water access is all located right along that strip where you'd be taking all of that out and like you'll be removing a ton of plants and trees. And is there any, I saw that you had like some green space like plan, but is that just going to be lawn or are we going to be losing like a ton of those like old growth trees is, you know, that's just an issue for cooling and um, that kind of just thinking through those things. Um, another thought I, I was thinking about is like, you have bathrooms for your drivers, which is awesome. But then we lose, we don't have bathrooms for our patrons since we are a block away from the library than where they were like right across the street. 
and now will be moved away. And there's just definitely like a lack of public bathrooms downtown. Um, so just, I would like urge planners to think about adding um, a bathroom option for customers there. Um, and then looking at the uh, Bob Billings uh, multimodal facility, personally looking at that um, as somebody who's used buses a lot, um, the facility where it's like on the island, yes, it is more expensive. But when you're thinking about weather, which we have, you know, only a couple weeks of the year, sometimes that are really nice, whether it's because of heat or because of like cold, having something that's going to be completely covered where you can be inside the facility and you don't have to, you know, walk in between, or I would consider putting some type of canopy at least, or like, you know, covering over it. If there's going to be a walkway in between the facility and where the buses are, um, just having that be protected for um, patrons would be something I would encourage. That's awesome. Just to address your comments on the, the hardscape downtown, um, yes, it will be difficult. Um, there will be some trees removed. We will um, obviously plantings and those types of things will be introduced back, but that'll kind of be dictated by design. Um, it's hard to know exactly how that will look right now. Hey, David Hawley, I think maybe you, I'd seen your hand go up next if you. Yeah. Hi, guys. David Hawley, um, owner of Papakinos and uh, property owner, 837 Mass. Um, you know, I, I feel for what, you know, I, I think it was Sue that had, had said earlier on about being able to get down and use public transportation. The problem that I have, I, I want something that serves the community that doesn't take away parking. And that's, that's just plain and simple. Each one of these options that I see, you know, we're being asked to choose from three that take away parking from staff that need it. Um, again, we have a lot of people already that are frustrated and, and my staff gets hit with tickets, tickets frequently. And we have a, a parking garage that's down the way that hasn't been exactly safe or convenient for them to park in. Um, there's been wait staff that has been assaulted in that garage before. Um, my staff feels most comfortable trying to get those spaces that are going to be taken away. And I just think that with all the conversations that have happened lately, I want something that serves the community that makes everybody happy. But I think that there has to be, just like with everything else that's going on, more participation and more engagement. There has not been much communication with the business owners. I've talked to several of them today. I've made phone calls. I want to try and come up with a solution that like, or, or help be a part of the dialogue that, that puts together a plan that, that serves the community well. But in a time where you guys are drawing data off of really a, a period of time where we haven't even gotten back up to full capacity yet, and we're just getting out of a pandemic, all the business owners have been focused on how to survive, not, you know, you know, the stuff going on with the master plan right now, the conversations about parklets, and now this with public transportation, all of them, which I think are extremely important. And I want to see something that, that serves our community. I want to hear from everybody that we can possibly get in, engaged in this. But the one thing that we've been hearing in all these conversations for all these meetings is this cry for parking. And, you know, I think the parklet adds this, you know, this enriched, 
community vibe to our downtown that's going to be fantastic but we're going to have a depletion of parking there and then now we're going to be doing a further decrease from the parking spaces that we have that's not helping you know bring more people into downtown if we can find a way to preserve the parking and and create an excellent terminal for the buses to come into that's that's the situation that we need that's that's the solution that we're looking for the three options that we have right now i don't think you're going to find like really any voices that are really going to be truly excited about it and again i think you know you guys have talked to some people but i've talked to quite a few people today that just feel still a little in the dark about the situation and you know i mean again all of us have had focus on pandemic and covid and we're just coming out of this not to mention that parking lot just went through, you know, the sidewalk renovation, which was a pain in the neck for a lot of people and was under construction for a long time. And now this is going to, you know, carry on and be completed by 2022. It's, it's really not going to be good. So we're going to be bookend with two construction projects surrounding pandemic in that block. And like I said, I feel, you know, I was in, my restaurant used to be located at 1035 Mass. I can't see it working in there. I can't see it working over at New Hampshire. I mean, I think that there's got to be some other possible options. We, we got to be able to have something and the city has to be able to kind of work with us on this. I want people to be able to get downtown. My goal is for as many people to be able to come down and enjoy downtown Massachusetts as, you know, the entertainment district that it is and everybody to be able to enjoy it. But these options, um, it, it, it's just, it's not bringing more people. Um, not enough. I, I want the buses, but we have to keep the parking. We just have to. And our staff is already at the point getting, you know, these $75 multi-offense tickets. I mean, you know, for guys that are already like struggling with wage that, you know, we're trying to do the best that we can by our employees to, to pay them a living wage and trying to do this, you know, in the hardest of times that has to still be considered. And I know I'm going to have a lot of staff that are going to be disappointed with that, you know, and uh, I just think we can do better. So that's all I got. Thanks, Dave. And also, um, I guess to follow up on that, I mean, we're certainly, if, if there are um, ideas in your mind of where things fit, you know, it is, I think we were, our approach was, we know we don't want to locate directly in front of front doors of businesses like we, um, like we're forced to do now on the 700 block of Vermont. So our, our approach is like, well, let's, let's look at city owned properties within the downtown area. And, and really that's parking lots. So um, I, I think that you don't necessarily have to have an answer now, but for well, other folks want to follow I mean, I could jump in with that. I mean, you know, I mean, ideally, like if there was an area we have, you know, at the at the bookend the entrance to our community, six in Massachusetts, or if you go to the back side of New Hampshire, if we could figure out something, you know, with we have an LJW property that like we have no plans for. We have a Reuter organ factory that has not been used in the 18 years that I've been living here. Um, you know, you have a void down there where it's not really going to impact. We have a riverfront mall that's partially occupied. There's not a big drain for, for 
people to want to park there. I mean, I hope that we can develop that area at some point too, but at least if you're doing it in conjunction and have like a bigger plan for that area, redevelopment of that, that, you know, you could put that stuff in that location and it's probably not going to have many, you know, much protest. Um, I think also, you know, if something could be worked out where it is currently, like in front of the library, that, that, you know, I, I don't know what the, what the details of keeping it there or what the problems that you guys have already addressed, because obviously you're looking to move it for a reason, but, um, you know, at the other end of mass where we just shut down the development deal, where we have an abandoned grocery store and a parking lot that's not being used. If there's a way to reach out to those property owners or make some kind of concession and work with them and try and put it in an area where it's, you know, not having an impact on, on you know, the, the 800 block really ultimately gets an extreme amount of traffic. But I would like to see on Massachusetts Street that from end to end, we could get people walking up and down through the district. So there's got to be something. There's got to be something to look at. Anyway, thanks. All right. And I know um, I think I've been keeping track of hands going up. So I believe I saw Marin and then Patrick. I see Marion said, Patrick, go ahead. Sure. Uh, thank you. My name is Patrick Watkins. I have an office at 1031 Vermont Street. Um, I'm on the board of the Business Association downtown and um, I have a couple of comments and, they, and I'm, I'm sort of interested in some feedback about one of my comments, but I can tell you at 1031 Vermont, we've got a, a multi-tenant office space that we redeveloped this year. We've got uh, over 10 businesses here. Um, removing or you know repurposing the surface parking lot on the 1000 block of Vermont would just be just absolutely devastating for for our concept here but i also know that the 800 block of massachusetts is sort of the epicenter of the retail world for downtown and and some of the other sites have similar and equal problems um, but as david mentioned uh, we have debated and discussed and reviewed uh, parklets for months now and we've scrutinized the loss of 50 spaces on mass street um, so losing a surface lot of any type um, like david said it, it's sort of unthinkable considering what we've gone through just to to arrange a dynamic pro program for parklets um, my question for the consultants is um, and i think i know maybe part of the the answer here and i think maybe some of it's logical but um, what sort of consideration is given in this uh, sort of a program for uh, a site selection on the periphery of the downtown, as opposed to square in the middle of it? Um, I understand that, that you need to have access capabilities, but this is a transfer station, as I understand it. It's not necessarily a, a bus stop. Um, so I'm interested to hear if, if um, the periphery of downtown is you know, a possible site selection criteria. That, that could be considered here and um, how, how that uh, went into sort of the dynamic of, of site selection. I also have some comments about other possible sites, but I know there's probably an opportune time for that. Okay, I think I would have to defer to Adam um, on the sites. Um, what I can tell you is 
that I wouldn't characterize this as just a transfer location. It, it really is, it really functions as a pick up and drop off um, spot for downtown uh, business, um, whether it be the dentist office across the street or the retail establishments. Um, it serves a wide variety of uses. I think you heard the one uh, senior citizen say that. Um, so I don't think it would be fair to credit, you know, to characterize it as just a transfer location. You know, we hear a lot these days also just about equity um, and, you know, bus passengers, uh, people that are uh, choosing to use public transit or uh, having to use public transit, regardless of the two, um, there should be some equity in how they can also access the downtown as well. Um, these are the three sites that we were given to look at, and um, maybe Adam wants to comment more on that site selection process. I know, you know, we're the last consultant to the game here. Um, and we were given some parameters to work with. And um, I have reviewed some of the other site selection studies that were done, um, but those weren't part of our uh, purview for this project. I'll speak briefly because I know other other folks want to jump in here. But as as far as site selection, um, you know, we really did not um, seriously consider sites where we have to purchase property or or go through that type of uh, more major redevelopment process. Just in the interest of you know, us operating in a temporary spot for eight years, I think there's there's some desire to find uh, something that, that fit within an already city-owned property at least which um, you know, just this, this, this space for five vehicles, there's, there's not a lot of options for that. So um, that, that's kind of where we came to that piece. But in, in the interest of time, I'll um, turn it maybe over to Essie Marin on now. Yeah, hi, um, I'm Marin. I am the manager of Mass Street Soda. And I just wanted to raise a couple of concerns um, I think it's amazing that our new parking technology gives us actual um, usage data, but I'm pretty concerned about the time frame that that usage data is from. Um, the 10 days after there aren't any students in town um, and <laughs> we're recovering from a pandemic and um, all of that, it those numbers to me are, um, not indicative of what the parking situation downtown is. I am a long-term user of um, 10 hour lots. I park in the rec center lot every day. Um, and I, I choose to do that because I am making sure that my customers can continue to use uh, more advantageous parking, um, more desirable parking on mass. Um, and so I agree that if we're doing away with 10 hour spots were really harming um, the people who work downtown. And now those parking tickets are $10 a piece. Um, so I try to avoid getting them. Another um, consideration I think is in all of these options, there are apartments above um, a lot of these retail businesses. And while station one isn't on the main street obviously almost all of these businesses actually have back entrances 
to their businesses that I think are pretty heavily utilized by people who park in that parking lot. And so um, making that parking lot less desirable, this one does seem to make the most sense kind of like logistically um, from an egress and perspective, but I am kind of concerned about the folks who like convenient parking and aren't wanting to park on mass. Um, so those are just a couple of things to kind of think about. Um, so obviously you're gonna continue to get parking data, but uh, again, I'm not sure May post-graduation is the most reflective of the parking situation downtown. Um, so those were my thoughts. Yeah, thank you for that. And I do wanna, <clears throat> yeah, I mean, answer that head on. We were well aware that's not, we'd like to have parking data for the last five years in the manner that we have it now, just the nature of us having the technology at this time. We've got the parking study from 2017, but again, you know, that's a kind of point in time counts. So we, we have some different things we can pull in to try to understand it beyond um, just anecdotally people's experiences. We unfortunately are limited in some of the objective data, but we'll keep, uh, we'll keep working on how we can uh, pull together something that actually sounds reasonable and, and like, like the experiences. Um, with that, I think I see uh, Dan and Justin next. I guess Dan's up. Um, I guess your, um, your Google map, hi, my name is Dan Rangewar. The, the Google map kind of gives you an idea of the parking congestion on that first option. And while mechanically that looks like a decent option, I think we're being made to select from three bad choices um, and saying pick, pick the best one of these three. And I, I don't think we should be limited to that. Um, where the buses currently reside, um, usually there's about three buses sitting there idling nonstop. They seem to be diesel buses, if I'm not mistaken. Um, is that what's, what we're running right now? And if that's the case, has an environmental study been done to kind of look at what we anticipate as um, residual effects, pollutants from that diesel emission sitting within an area that you consider kind of a commercial area, but on top of every one of these rooftops, there's a loft or residential. These are mixed, kind of mixed use facilities uh, yes, we do have um, commercial space, retail space, customers that are coming and going out of that back parking lot on um, 800 block on the, off of Vermont, but there are quite a few residential units. So I think the population density, while in some of your studies were used to determine where to set up shop, it's almost like I believe the opposite should be true. If we're thinking that we're gonna have buses sitting and just idling, I think we need to try to move, as David pointed out, towards the periphery. Uh, one possible location is the Reuter building that has been sitting there and or that borders area 
I think that's New Hampshire. Um, and literally it's been there 15 years, no activity at all. So rather than look at these three options, I really like to have the city consider exploring other options that might look at encouraging traffic up and down mass versus having someone get off at a bus at the 800 block and walk over to the 800 block and then ex ignore the north and south end of Mass Street. That's really all I've got. I just, I'll just say briefly, sorry, Justin, just um, we did um, in discussions with some business owners close to where we currently are at um, earlier in the year, we did change our idle policy back in February um, to be a, a three minute idle policy, which is sometimes what they do in other uh, larger transfer areas. So anytime we have a bus that is going to lay over for longer than three minutes, we do have them turn it off um, to help both with noise and, and air quality around that area. Um, so just one way we're trying to, to work with that particular issue, but sorry about that. Go ahead, Justin. Good, I, I just wanna address um, the first comment, Justin Anderson. I am uh, the owner of the dental practice that was mentioned earlier with my partners and uh, also with those same partners, the owner of the building that that practice is in. And I also own some other property on, on Mass Street. I am totally in favor of public transportation. I am totally happy for bus people to ride the bus and come down and, and spend money in downtown businesses. I'm not opposed to buses. I'm not opposed to buses coming downtown and dropping people off. That's very different than a centrally located five bus, large bus, bus depot in our most busy block of downtown. So, so sorry for the misinterpretation from the first woman that, that spoke, the senior citizen, Totally happy you're riding the bus, totally happy riding it downtown. Happy to have you get off anywhere and shop on Mass Street and, and shop downtown. Um, I'm not opposed to any of that. I'm just opposed to putting a massive five large bus bus parking lot right in the middle of our busiest blocks in downtown where people can't or where people are normally parking. It, it, as Dan said, the overhead shot of the parking lot tells the story. It's completely packed. Every space that is not covered by a bus is packed. I mean, you can see it on your own picture. Um, so I don't think that's the right location for it. And I don't think the other two locations are right. Um, we need to move the bus transfer station away from downtown, but close and let them move through. I've heard people talk about the Borders parking lot. You could use, you could have a straight pull through on the Borders parking lot at the very back behind the, behind the uh, Hobbs Taylor building and, and let the buses pull straight in behind that building and behind the borders building. If you bought that east side of the, of the parking lot and let the, let, the, let the buses come in there. I also don't know why we need five, five spaces. It doesn't make sense that we do. I appreciate the, the shelters and, the, and the, the, the area to cover people who are using the bus, but all of our bus stops in Lawrence, Kansas don't have any stops on them. They don't have any, they don't have covered shelters. It seems to me the first thing to do would be to cover all the bus stops because just having them covered at the depot in downtown or the depot at Crestline and 15th 
doesn't make any sense either because people are going to get soaking wet and are going to be hot because there's no shade and no protection at any of the bus stops. So the, that's where you should spend your money instead of on a giant depot in downtown. Um, I, I'm not sure why we're moving it away from the library where there's already some facilities and public bathrooms there, but, but I'm sure that the downtown businesses on that block are just as upset as I am about your idea of moving it one block south because it's not the right place for it. Um, I, I think we need more data on why we have giant buses and why we couldn't use smaller buses that are less obtrusive and, and, and take up less space. The, the, the New Hampshire idea, I mean, you've got two or three or 400 feet on either side of the bus island that's just completely empty. It doesn't make sense. The way that's designed is eating up that entire parking lot. Of course, that's a terrible idea, but it's not even... I mean, you're not even trying to fit it into a space. You're just going to eat the whole parking lot. And, and um, none of these options are good. None of them take into account any of the local uh, business owners' ideas. Um, and, and I've talked to probably eight business owners today in my neighborhood who, who I know and, 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 and socialize with. None of them are happy about certainly the, the 800 block of Vermont. And, and the other two options are, are equally bad. Um, I agree that we need to find another location. And I'm totally in favor of buses coming downtown to drop people off to shop. That wasn't what I said. It was misinterpreted. And I'm a big, big believer in public transportation. I just don't see it. I don't see it bringing hundreds of people downtown to shop, um, I guess is my point. I'm happy to have people downtown. I want the buses to stop downtown, but I just don't think we need a transfer a big, huge transfer center downtown. Uh, I think it's a bad idea. All right, I think I saw Melinda and then Deanna. Yes, hi. Um, I am not saying anything that hasn't already been said. And I wanna to reiterate to what Justin just said. I really appreciate and wanna acknowledge Patricia for standing for what she believes in and who she is, and also all of the contributions of non-business owners, I think is really important. I am the store manager, my name is Melinda. I'm the store manager of Lululemon at 835 Massachusetts. And so I'm right beside David and I appreciate this conversation so much. I appreciate the feedback. And I want to just say my biggest concern is parking as well. And my, I feel like my world this past year has been about health and safety of my team. Everything has revolved around the safety of my team. And I also don't feel comfortable. I have 99% women on my team. I don't feel comfortable with them parking in parking lots as I don't feel comfortable with parking in parking lots or in um, parking garages. And so I just, I, I want to throw that out there. Um, I love it being in front of the library. I don't remember exactly who had, had said, like, I think that's such a perfect place that offers so much to the community. Um, the public library is amazing. And so I'm sure there's reasoning of moving it, but I just want to say that I think that's a perfect location. Um, and then also, absolutely, I want people, um, students from KU to come. I'm thinking international students. I'm thinking of anyone from bigger cities who utilize, who don't know how to drive um, and come to use the public transportation. So I'm also in favor of bringing up 
any sort of transportation towards us. I just want to see here right, the exact same thing as the other business owners have said. It looks like three options that I don't want in. Um, so that's just what I wanted to chime in and say. Thank you so much for David for calling me and telling me about this meeting today, but also for all of you to be open to this feedback. I hope we keep and find a solution. Thanks, Melinda. Um, Deanna? Hi, I'm Deanna. I'm probably a big reason that the buses are considering moving. We are Climb Lawrence, which is right across the street from the library. Um, so I actually do appreciate the conversation on moving the transfer station from where it currently is. I do strongly agree with what everybody has been saying in the sense that I don't think we need five bus station downtown. Um, what would be more ideal is having a couple covered bus stops that bring people to key locations and don't idle, um, no idling buses in the area. It would actually encourage more walking in and around the city, um, especially if we have some more peripheral bus stops. Um, I just, I can tell you from firsthand experience, uh, the amount of loitering we have in front of our business already, uh, the way it impacts driving in and out of our parking lot. We're looking at building an addition. Um, the buses just being directly downtown, five of them in a row, no matter where you're going to put them, it's going to cause heartache for the businesses in this town. Um, so I think really trying to separate out where those bus stops are is going to be a more functional option for the city. And I think it's going to ultimately make the citizens and the community a lot happier. That's all I have to say. All right, I think I see Sally next and then David. Thanks so much. Um, I'm Sally Zagra. I'm the executive director of Downtown Lawrence Inc., which is our downtown business association. And Adam and staff, um, I do want to thank you again for um, doing the in-person outreach um, because I think obviously that's what gets people's attention. Um, we did have four meetings scheduled in April before we even, um, Tony and his crew came to town to do other input sessions and one downtown business owner showed up um, and it and I promoted it. So I, I'm not trying to shame anyone. I am just saying that um, this is how we see, you know, we, there is a lot to pay attention to. And so I would, I really hope that people um, uh, will pay attention. And um, obviously I'm glad that all of you are calling each other and you're talking and you're using your relationships and that you're very involved because this is this is a an um, issue that will affect all of us. Um, I have a couple of um, other um, Adam made it clear that the city does not want to purchase property to it doesn't make sense for the city to buy property to put this type of a facility. Um, maybe at some point there is a bullet point. Um, presentation or some kind of a short explanation that you can give Adam. Um, I'm of course always happy to um, distribute any information and help disseminate that as to why there is a five, five route um, transfer 
hub necessary for downtown? What that does? Does that um, stop, you know, uh, eliminate the um, the need for people who are going cross town who need to use the bus to get to work, uh, kids just to and from school, um, people getting to doctor's appointments, etc. Um, from a two hour bus ride. Um, I lived in Albuquerque, New Mexico in the late 80s. And let me tell you, it was an hour and a half ride <laughs> to campus. And if I missed my bus, it was an hour until the next one came. So I do, I can appreciate, um, you know, even though we're a small city, um, that, that you're trying to make the routes efficient and to obviously meet the needs of the bus riders. Um, I'll take your word for that, <laughs> but I agree, you know, it's very hard. Um, obviously lot 12, which is the lot we're all talking about, um, and the 800 block of Vermont, it's sorry, it's lot three. Um, lot three is a very busy lot and that is a very busy block. Um, when I had conversations with you and Tony, I'm, I'm the person who suggested adding the angled parking on Vermont street so that we would get some spaces back. If, if that was a, um, if that was our choice. Um, I know that there are some very underutilized lots on Rhode Island, um, that lot 16 comes to mind, which is south of the Reuter Organ um, facility. Also lot 17, which is right uh, across from City Hall on Sixth Street. I'm not trying to tell you, there are, I sit through so many of these meetings and I know that the reason we have consultants and I'm not a transportation consultant. So I'm not trying to second guess you just, again, when I made the suggestion about the angle parking, we had a great conversation about it. So um, if there are, there are plenty of under, there are several underutilized city lots. Um, and I don't know if those can be considered. Um, I do also want to make sure that, um, you know, we talk about parking, 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 parking. We're all, aware of parking and the perception that there is not enough parking or there's not enough convenient parking downtown, which is a perception. It is not a reality. We all need to do a better job of promoting what the parking options are. And we are talking about that. And we have a great opportunity with our new parking technology that is still, we are still implementing, it's being implemented in stages. Um, so things are being added, but we do need to seriously consider the equity issues. And um, I know that if, if something is, uh, a, a location is too far, you know, if you have somebody who is using a wheelchair to get around or somebody who is, you know, um, not able to walk a far distance without needing to rest, then, you know, those are issues that do need to come into play. Um, and Lawrence does pride itself on being a progressive and inclusive community. And um, equity is a big issue in front of the city commission in every single item that's coming up on these agendas, uh, if you are reading the agendas every week. Um, but enough of the doom and gloom. I want to talk about what the huge opportunity for this conversation and further conversations is, because in, if you don't know, Adam is also over the parking department. Um, so for any of you who know Brad Harrell, who's our marvelous, marvelous parking manager, he and his staff of six enforcement do a major, an incredible job every day. 
the opportunity when I hear, and I love David, David and Melinda are my next door neighbors also. And David has so many great things you've, that you've shared and you've, you have initiated quite a few things. We're gonna have a downtown master plan feedback meeting next week, another public input session. But if your staff is getting $75 tickets, that is a problem. And it's not the parking department's problem. There are a lot of employers, and I'm not saying you, I'm not trying to call you out, but when I started in this job eight years ago, I talked to a lot of longtime retail owners, and they said if they ever caught a staff member parking in prime parking, two-hour free lot, or on Massachusetts Street, that person would be disciplined and or fired, okay? That is not happening. I'm not saying you should fire somebody for that. But I don't think those conversations are happening in the same way. And our employers and our building owners and our landlords need to be very clear with anyone who is spending time in their building, customers included, where should you park? There are a lot of long-term parking options. We have added tons of 10-hour meters. Employees should not be parking in lot three. People should not be complaining on original LFK for dummies on Facebook about, oh my God, I can't go out and wipe my chalk, the chalk off my tire and my lunch when I'm a lunch server. You shouldn't be parking there. That's for your customers. And the customers are the reasons we have jobs. Customers pay our bills, right? We all know that. We found that out. If we didn't know it when there weren't any customers last year during COVID, we found it out pretty quickly. So I would like to see this as an opportunity for all of us downtown to really make a concerted effort to promote the places to park, the long-term spots. Safety in garages is an issue. So now that people are openly saying it, perhaps that is an issue that we can fix. It's like um, when we have issues and, and Deanna, you're, you're new and you are already with the loitering and, and we know that there's loitering that goes on in that 700 block of Vermont. If you don't tell anybody about it, they can't help you with it. They can't fix it, okay? If they don't know that it's a problem. So um, if you have staff and Melinda, you are by far not the only one who has a lot of female staff um, who are locking up, who might have cash that they're making the night deposit, um, you know, that needs to be taken into consideration because we don't, we don't want it to be unsafe for our visitors, but we don't want it to be unsafe for us either. I mean, we all are down there every day, right? Um, so I'm hoping that, that this, this feedback that we're giving to Adam um, will help him and his staff work on that and that also, um, if you have questions, there are other, um, there are some opportunities um, and some programs that are in place, like an escort, you know, if somebody's like really targeting your business, da, 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 I won't waste, I know everybody's wanting to talk, but just want you to know there are options and I'm ha always happy to talk with anybody about how to get to and from your vehicle safely, but Really, the mo really what is so key and what is so key now is to make sure that people park in the right place, regardless of where the bus is. We need to make sure that we're parking in the right place. 
because that is going to help with this, this lack of parking perception. And it is going to help with parklets and for people who want to keep parklets and people who are upset about, you know, these spaces are taken away. People have to, you know, we, we really need to be educated and we need to educate our customers about how to use the, you know, how to use the new parking system and make it friendly and make it welcoming. Sorry. <laughs> I know that was long, but I want, I do want us to see this as an opportunity, this whole discussion, whatever gets settled or not at, at the end of tonight. Thank you. Thanks, Sally. And just briefly before I turn it over to you, David, I'll just mention we're coming up on the 7.30 time here, but I definitely plan to just um, keep this going while there's still comments. So um, no fear that we're going to um, shut it down early, but just for those on the call that if you need to go away, we'll, we'll still be here and this is recorded. So um, it'll be posted on the website after if you're not able to make it uh, past 7.30. But with that, um, go ahead, David, and then I see um, Dean after that. And I don't know I... I'm sorry, just briefly, uh, I'd seen a Danielle who had been waiting for a while with hand raised and just not sure if they went away, but wanted to offer that we're willing to hear what you got to say if you're still around. Sorry, go ahead, David. No worries. Thanks. Um, yeah, and Sally, I, you know, on, on the parking thing, it's always, you know, again, we make suggestions for the staff, but we've had the biggest growth area for the restaurants has been delivery and we need to sometimes have additional cars again you know we want to have cars close and convenient so we could load up food and then again it, it, at night like staff does not want to have to walk a far distance to be able to get into their car because there's an opportunity there for people to take advantage of restaurant workers we've had poor lighting in the back of our parking lot i had to you know, contact everybody until finally finding out that Evergy had the light poles in the back parking lot and get them turned on after months of, you know, staff going back there in the dark at night with tips. So, um, but enough on that. I mean, again, on, on trying to get this for the future, the other like big important part is like this master plan, the parklets. There's so many things that are going to factor into what downtown is gonna be going into the future. This is one aspect, it's an important aspect and it's important to the community, but if we move forward on one portion of the plan without considering the zoning and what's going in elsewhere and what parking is gonna be taken away with a master plan, you know, I mean, then, then we're not looking at the big picture. I mean, if we move forward and say, hey, we're gonna do this and, and try and take away what happens if part of the master plan idea was that, hey, we should do a multi-level parking garage on one of these? Well, by moving forward with a project, you just eliminated an opportunity to redevelop an area and, and cut something completely off our board to basically grow our downtown. We're coming out of this pandemic with an opportunity and looking at a 10-year master plan to lay out the history for Lawrence going forward. Since 2014, we've been the number one tourist destination in the state of Kansas. It was shocking to me, but true fact. And, you know, we, as an entertainment district, the people come down for the entertainment of shopping, for the experience of being on mass, for the experience of being in the shops, the restaurants, interacting with people, 
I think the parklets brings our community out into the street and it creates more of an energy that's been absolutely fantastic. But there's so many other things that we can do. And in terms of acquiring other properties, I mean, this being an entertainment district, I think star bonds are still available. There's the Main Street America grant programs that we could use to kind of try and help maybe, you know, put some money towards one of these things. We used a star bond on the parking garage across the street from the, um, from the art building. So, I mean, I, I, I still think that there's some other solutions that we could kind of come together on. And it has to be a part of like the big overall plan. I mean, that's, that's how you zone and build out and, and get a complete master plan for a community because transportation, parking, all these things, bike lanes, all this stuff feeds into how people move through our community. And even placing it outside, you know, there's not to say that we can't have a line coming out of that transfer area that services downtown. That's a short, you know, bus to connect to everybody. Um, anyway, um, that's just part of what I think should be considered. And we have some additional time to kind of get the community together to talk about this master plan and think about this and all the other stuff that we have kind of, you know, out there floating around right now. So anyway, that's all I got. I'll pass. Thanks. Thanks, David. I see uh, Danielle next and then Sue. Yeah, thank you. Um, my name is Danielle Davey. I office at 831 Massachusetts. So you've heard from several of my neighbors uh, and I won't uh, belabor the record with uh, repeating what they've already said. I mean, that I think we all know that lot, uh, lot three is, is really busy. And Marin pointed out earlier that most of the businesses along that block offer uh, rear entrances, uh, my office included. We direct uh, a lot of our elderly clients to that lot uh, to use the back door uh, when parking on Mass Street doesn't work well for them. So that's a it's a really busy area, uh, even without having buses and that additional traffic moving through there. Um, the other thing that I was going to comment on just really briefly, uh, I hadn't even thought about this until my uh, partner mentioned it at, at the office today, but Century School is located uh, right on the other side of the alley there on, on the on the west side, I guess. Uh, and so that's just something else to keep in mind when we're considering the congestion in that area. Um, so that's all I had. Thank you. Can I have a chance to talk, please? I can't find the, um, I can't find my button to raise a hand. I'm the only person who came here today who doesn't represent a, 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 a business. And I'm really would like a chance to speak to some of these things other people have been able to, Mr. Hawley spoke forever, several times. Yeah, Pat, go ahead. I just wasn't able to see, uh, indicate you wanted to talk. So I I'll let you go ahead I, I'm sorry, I'm not a Zoom expert. I'm, I'm, 74, I'm 74 years old. I have difficulty walking and I, and I certainly would have difficulty trudging through the ice and snow from the Riverfront Mall or over by Reuters, Oregon, or up on Sixth Street, where should we put them, you know? And again, I'm just appalled. I came to this meeting completely supportive of downtown people and what they've been through, the business owners, and, and now I could care less. I just wanna tell you, this is like, can't tell me that you don't want, that you think it's unsafe 
for your staff to park in the parking garage. And rather than look at how we could fix the parking garage so they could use it, you want us. I'm as important as your staff members. I have a right to be downtown. Okay, I see you switched off. So now you're just gonna leave instead of listening to Mr. Hawley. Are you still with us? I mean, yeah, I'm here. I, by the way, I'm here. I, have, I have been a big customer of yours ever since even when you were in a tiny little building, not even the other location. Okay, just by the way, and it hurts my feelings. But I just wanna say you may, you all may own, own, have the deed for some downtown property or rent it or whatever, but you don't own downtown Lawrence. The sidewalks, the streets are public. We have a right to be there. I think under some streets, if you dug down, you'd find the old trolley car things. So public transportation was here before, okay? So don't tell us to go some unsafe, far away. I, I could not walk from, from over at the Riverfront Mall or any of those places, stick us up in Sixth Street, do you know? So yes, there's problems over by the Lawrence Public Library. If that lady is still here who has the climbing wall, well, I could tell you what that property was like before and while they were revising it, nobody ever swept up the broken glass. It was just a horrible mess. There were weeds everywhere. No one took care of it. And then they decided to come in and as soon as they did, and, that, and it was very clear about people asked questions about how their customers would get there, where they'd park, and, and then they, uh, so it seems kind of un, ungracious to come in now and be talking, and, and during the construction of it, you couldn't walk down the street, down the sidewalk to get to a bus without going way out of your way into a dangerous situation. And I'm old, I don't need to be tripping on stuff. I care about myself, even if you do not care about me and other people who want to use the bus. The idea here is simple. Any good quality city has as a major part of their infrastructure, public transportation. And if we want to talk about Lawrence being inky dinky, rinky dinky town, and while all these other grand things are going on, you're talking about building, you know, parking garages on lots and so forth and so on. It, you can't have it both ways. It can't be a little rinky dink town. And it can't be a, a good a city that's looking at forward thinking planning. The idea here is to, not to bury the, the public transportation, but to have it, uh, to have it as, an, as a, an attraction, have it an attractive place, entice more people to use public transportation, build a, a quality transportation system that can grow and take more people in and attract more kind, different kinds of people in. And when I come downtown, I don't have to spend a cent if I don't want to. I don't have to, I'm not required, okay? And I just feel that there's a lot of things that were said that uh, every time I would write down notes, I couldn't find the place to raise my hand. And, uh, I wanna say that as uh, Sally was saying equity is a big thing with the city and pretty soon it's going to come and bite you all on your ass when you start talking this way about excluding people and people we only want to have people come downtown if they want to if they want to uh, spend money in our places okay that's not a requirement 
that's not a requirement. Uh, if the city would be able to take some action and help the people who need help, who are in front of the library or using those benches, uh, that's not me. I'm not saying a judgment on them. I'm saying they need assistance. They need, a, they need a place that even use a bathroom. The library is not capable. The library isn't even fully reopened. They're not capable of being able to offer. Um, uh, I just get so upset every time about this thing. I mean, it just seems ridiculous to me that we're talking about that everyone has organized and called up all their buddies to come and have this showdown where it's like threatening, you know, oh, they're gonna do this and they're gonna do that. Well, same thing happened with the master, city master plan meeting. Well, you know, that wasn't anything carved in, in uh, you know, stone. I saw that meeting, okay? And it was the same thing. Nobody came, everybody came was representing some organization or something. So if, if you don't understand the need for public transportation, if you don't understand that you make it attractive and that means putting it in a place where it has a right to be, right smack in downtown. And this one isn't even hardly taking any parking spots. So if it's not one complaint, it's another. Every spot, I mean, the one, the one really they need parking up in that area where the uh, old and the new courthouse are, you know, and I don't know how people are gonna address that, but I mean, uh, uh, and I don't know, Emily, what the new, um, a farmer's market is going to turn out to be because it sounds like that's in flux because it was one area was proposed but it didn't have any parking so uh i mean I, 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 even though i keep thinking i'll say more things uh i don't actually even think that um i don't actually even think that um this is intended for i think there's five uh bus um um, I don't know what you call them, the places where the buses are going to line up. I think there's only five of them because I don't think it's planned that every bus line is going to stop there. So, uh, I, in other words, I think somebody's making a mountain out of a molehill and nobody has a right to, to, to like basically try and intimidate people and because, oh, we're all rich and this and that. Lofts, People have been building extra lofts and so forth. I've lived somewhere, I lived, I lived in Boston for 20 some years. I understand about what thorough public transportation is, you know. And I, I also lived in a place in Harvard Square where I, I was right upstairs from all the action. And, you know, these are just things that people wanna live downtown and people wanna keep adding on and making more reasons why they're gonna be able to allow people to build things on their rooftops and so forth and so on and expand and expand and expand then they can't just come and say, oh, now we want it to be quiet. Not as long as there's bars that, you know, where people get in fights and all kinds of trouble, you know. I mean, is anybody at all sympathetic to the idea that I do not want to walk from some godforsaken faraway place in the dark or in the ice and snow with no place to sit down and rest and I can't walk any further? Or should I just stay home all the time? Is that what you want? Uh, to jump in, no, that's not. And, and 
what we were talking about is basically putting it on the outside and then having some kind of line that carries people into town. We're just talking about a central hub where we don't eliminate parking and that we could also provide a way for the community to come in so Sorry. that it's a win-win situation for both. It's I not want a you to be able to come down. That, that would not be a win-win, if you don't mind. That would not you, be a win-win. If you had transportation to get into the districts and the central hub was on the edge of town and we had an entertainment line to run into Massachusetts Street, that could be something. And these are just ideas. Think, I know, I understand the ideas. I'm quite yeah. aware of public transportation. I have spent a lot of time in, living in places with public transportation without. In Boston, I didn't even have a car for years because I used public transportation. And then I, I finally bought a car because I, I was a potter and I needed to drag stuff around. <laughs> hey, me, me too. I, I spent a lot of time in Boston. I had a girlfriend at BU. So I was in Alston and Cambridge a whole bunch. Boston's transportation aces. Yeah. I love the tea. Okay. Well, what I'm saying is, there's nothing, I don't have all day to be riding public transportation from wherever it is you want me to be shipped in from. You want me to go live in the out, go some godforsaken place out somewhere miles and miles and miles from my home and then Not I at all. come somewhere else to be, well, then I don't need to talk to you about it. I don't think you're introducing anything that's helpful. Well, I think I'm trying to start a, a debate to just kind of move away from these three ideas. It's not saying that there's any kind of suggestion. I'm that, saying I came here tonight to talk about the specifics of that particular plan. And I had prepared some specific notes about it. And we just got completely diverted away from it. Frankly, I don't see what the big deal is. The worst thing I've heard so far is losing mature trees. You know, I mean, I, I think it's a plan that appears to leave most of the parking intact. It, Over 30% it, uh, of our parking would go away with that plan. I'm not okay. here to debate you. I think you should give me my chance. And I think you should just bow out. You've talked a lot. Same amount of time as you, actually. But it's okay. You, you've talked quite oh, a bit, too, you Patricia. Really? You've, you've talked quite a bit, too. You've talked quite a bit, too. We're, not as, we've all been patiently listening to you kind of go on and on here. I don't talking to me. Who's talking it's to me now? It's Justin Anderson. This is and, Sally. I think um, Adam is running this meeting and Adam needs to take it back over. He's the one who's moderating it. He and Tony. Adam, All, people uh, going around in a plenary. circle is, is not, um, it's not helpful. I, I am trying. It's not helpful to have Adam, somebody. Adam, uh, this is Brady Flannery. If I could have a point at some point, that just, just stand in line. I appreciate it. Adam, you're on mute. Yeah. Um, sorry, we'll pull it back and we'll get uh, some of the folks that have their hand raised and, and keep us going here. I know we've got a lot of thoughts going around the table. And I do appreciate the different viewpoints, but um, yeah, we'll, we'll get some opportunities for folks who haven't spoken yet. So I, um, uh, one gentleman just asked me, but I do want to start maybe with Sue, who's had her hand raised and hasn't spoken yet this evening. Um, thank you. I hope you can hear me. My computer's been a little wonky here. Um, I agree with almost everything I've heard tonight. I don't feel that these three are the best options at all. Um, as someone that works in a business downtown, um, I'm also going to give you another perspective. I live downtown. 
um, along with a lot of other people that live on the second stories. And no, not all of us are rich. There are college students. There are people that rent small areas. Um, I think this will really impact all of us. Um, putting it in that, in I'm, I'm more concerned about the 800 block, honestly, but I don't think it, the other two are any better for anyone. Um, we have businesses there and we do see, you talk about the front of the business being um, a problem, so you wanted to move it, but I can tell you the 800 block, just as many people come into the back way. Um, you have brown shoes, you have other places. And since I live there, I do see morning, afternoon, and night. So I know what goes on in that parking lot. That's a very busy parking lot. Um, your um, 10 days doesn't do it justice at all. You need to see it in the fall. You need to see it during college time. I mean, they come in there, they, they get their food. I see people all evening coming back, um, families with food. So um, I think there's gotta be a better option. And I think we need the buses downtown somewhere, but I don't think these three are the places to have it at all. And basically that's it for me right now, but I wanna see the conversation continue. I wanna see everybody come together and try to find a better solution than what we have. That's it. Thanks Sue, I wanna, um, and I'm sorry, didn't catch or forgot the gentleman's name who just chimed in. I'd like to give you an opportunity since you haven't spoken yet, but then I see a number of folks um, with their hand raised who uh, I'll come back to. Is there someone on the phone? It was Brady Flannery from Weavers. Yeah. Brady, would you like to have some thoughts? And we can come back to you, Brady, if um, maybe some technical issues, but I think then on my screen, I see uh, Sally and then Danielle, with their hand raised. Oh, and Sally's shaking her hands. Sorry, I didn't lower it. I don't, you, Patricia, I don't, I'm not very good at the, um, the raising hand and I've probably been in hundreds of, of these Zoom meetings. So you are not alone. I, I'm gonna say one thing, just cause there's a lot going on in the chat, Adam. Um, that I'm not, I don't know if, how much you're following. Um, and Brady, unmute yourself whenever you need, uh, I see you're unmuted. Just that. I'm back. Um, I, okay. Let me say two things. I was just texting with Rochelle Marsh, my assistant, and she has attended the noon meeting because I was, I couldn't attend the noon meeting and there were no bus riders in her meeting. Um, there are actually only four, four or five people who attended that. Um, so it's very, it is very interesting and it's important to hear the perspective of somebody who relies solely on public transportation. So I think that this is, this is a really worthwhile discussion. It's a very important discussion. And we focus on parking, 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 parking. Like, you know, we talk about parking all the time. Um, and there's obviously, there's a lot of, you know, this is emotional, right? I mean, for Sue, she, that, that lot three, her back window, that's her back, her back, uh, stairs right down there um but and then there are people talking about you know the the risks that entrepreneurs and small business owners take and you you all know that i talk about that all the time and 
So again, opportunity to work on fixing the garages, promoting the appropriate parking, but also we can never say enough how important it is to support our local businesses. And so what I see here, I, I'm not saying I like the options. I don't, I don't think any of them is an optimal uh, location. And I think that, um, you know, we can't be, <laughs> poor Adam and Tony probably kill me, but we can't be afraid sometimes like, you know, when you have a failed job search, you can't be afraid sometimes to say, you know what, we really need to go back to the drawing board. Maybe that's what we need to do. But um, I see this as an opportunity for all of us having this conversation. You know, there's, again, a lot of nuances to how do we support local businesses and how do we, how do we make that work for everyone? And I do think there's never going to be something that makes everybody happy, but Let's try to focus on what are the opportunities coming out of this and the conversations that are coming out of it that can be really positive. Sally, excellent points. Um, can you all hear me now? Hello? Yeah, yeah we can hear you. Oh, but you just went back on mute. There we go. All right, I'm back. Well, you know, if there's light at the end of the tunnel, it's that we can't figure out Zoom again. So, um, you know, it only took us a year. Anyhow, uh, <clears throat> I would echo, echo a few of the points that Sally made that um, our opportunity, and this is Brady Flannery, I work at Weavers. Um, in the past, when we've faced uh, these issues as a community, we lean on downtown. We say, is downtown important or is downtown not important? If downtown is important, we rely on them for their opinions and their advice. And most of these instances, downtown is concerned about um, what these transfer bus transfers would have on their businesses and the perception um, you know, whether it's their employees or, or whatnot. I appreciate uh, all the people that have voiced their concerns, and I appreciate the concerns of, of the uh, people that use the bus system for transit. But downtown Lawrence is commerce. It's our only real source of local commerce in Douglas County. That This is our district. We cannot surrender it. Um, so I, I would just offer that up tonight. Um, I know that the group that's done the study is a well-versed group that's done work in 38 states and many, many cities. But how many like Lawrence, Kansas? We can't surrender an area of commerce. And we're talking block by block, street by street. You're encroaching on someone's livelihood, um, we need to hear that out. We need to take that seriously. But I appreciate the study, and I appreciate everybody being on this call. Thank you, Brady. And I guess um, I see hands from Deanna and Emily. Yeah, Deanna was fine. Um, a couple things I wanted to bring up. One is I really do love the idea of 
a lot a little bit further out from town and then bringing that bus down through mass street and maybe across vermont or new hampshire um that would actually be more functional for most of the people who ride the buses um who are wanting to actually visit the downtown um another thing i wanted to note is out of the three four buses that i see right now outside of our business i'm not actually seeing a lot of people get on or off um very regularly so it might be worth worth noting that it would be a good idea to take a good look at how many people are actually using these buses and how functional it is to actually downsize buses or you know solidify so that that one singular bus is coming downtown instead of you know five with maybe one or two passengers that aren't actually paying for bus fare Um, I think that's it. Thanks, Deanna. Um, Emily, you had your hand up. Yeah, thank you. Emily Lyson, Lawrence Farmers Market. Um, I know that Kim Kreiner Ritchie had been talking with you guys about potentially doing a um, some type of uh, common like multi-use facility with the farmers market and maybe this downtown plan. Um, so that's something that we are definitely interested in and looking at as we talk about moving forward to our permanent location. And so that's definitely something to consider is, is like adding it to be this, this whole transfer hub, being a multi-use facility, whether that's with an event space. And so like that, like, so a covered area could also you know, be used for events or for, um, you know, park space, something like that. Just um, that's something that we've, we've been talking about and would love to encourage uh, moving forward with this space as, as we talk about it. Thank you. All right, thanks Emily. And then Sue, I saw if your hand raised, did you have something else to jump in with? No, I did not. <laughs> I will say, well, now that I've got the floor, um, I will say that when you uh, were doing some work at the library, you made um, a temporary one in front of the 800 block for a while. And um, we were talking about the impact. I would love to have um, a study on what the exhaust, that kind of thing. If you don't have that, I think we need that because that was very strong for us. Every time somebody would open our business door, and of course the buses were run, running constantly, that was a big problem too. So I think that's something that needs to be addressed as well because that's a very busy area. All three of the proposed areas are very busy. So I think that's something that needs to be looked at as well. Sue. Well, in this right away, I will jump in and say I um, do appreciate the, the variety of viewpoints. We're not um, offended by people telling us they hate ideas. I mean, as a planner, that's kind of where the work starts, right? We have to then figure out how to um, come together and compromise. So I uh, do appreciate the different um, thoughts that have come forward tonight and, and certainly want whatever we do to be um, something that's a partnership with downtown and, and seeing transit as a, a value add and not something that is a real detriment. So 
um, we've heard that loud and clear tonight, and we'll um, we'll talk with the team about the right way to um, move forward with that. But um, with that, I will pause again and see if anybody else has comments they'd like to make. Is is there a is there a reason why most of these seem to be kind of centrally located? along Mass Street. Mass Street seems to be this Norman Rockwell kind of corridor of shops that runs north and south. Um, Patricia earlier was talking about wanting to be able to come downtown. It's difficult for her to get around, but there's no reason why she specifically needs to be dropped off in the middle of Mass versus at one end or the other. Is there a reason why these three lots or these three options are like right in the middle versus at a periphery or at one end or the other? That's a good question. Um, so from a transit planning perspective, you know, the intent is to, if we, if we really wanna get people to not drive vehicles to certain areas, our intent is to try to make transit as practical, comfortable, convenient as possible. So honestly, in, in a lot of larger cities, the, the highest density areas, both for businesses and uh, residential areas, are where you want, want transit. You want your most space efficient form of moving people to be in those places, um, just because cars take up more space per person. Um, so that's the that's the transit planning principle we're trying to follow when we, we try to take people to the destination uh, they want to go to. You know, we would hope that people that would work at businesses right around there, live at places right around there, um, that you'd have routes from kind of to and from all over town that would be, you're not going to get everybody to use transit on a daily basis, but you should be able to capture some people using the bus and not needing a car, which frees up parking in, in these areas where parking is such a premium. So, um, you know, the, the idea of having the uh, transfer area be a handful of blocks out of that area, and then you would then ask passengers to transfer and ride like a short trolley downtown, just makes that trip less convenient, and you're less likely to really capture people riding transit on a on a regular basis as opposed to just um, every once in a while. So those are, I know that's, you know, there, there's a different arguments on both sides of the practicality of that, but that's the direction. I think what I'm asking about in, in the example where we're talking about, let's say the borders or the, if you're familiar with where that's located, that's really at the north end of Mass Street. So I'm not, I'm not clear on why the drop-off point for people coming downtown has to be right in the middle versus at one end of mass versus the other end. And so the Reuter building area, I don't recall the lot number up there that is owned by the city adjacent to that, that location would drop people off equidistant from Mass Street, I think. They could walk over to Mass Street and walk from north south or if there's a trolley a trolley could take them from that point if they wanted to ride that up and down mass i'm just not clear on why the three locations were right in the middle of mass street which is kind of your target 
I guess I can speak to um, the 800 block of Vermont had the length to keep five buses street side. The other couple lots, you know, you had to bring buses onto the lot. Um, but I mean, consider transit trips for both directions, right? So if you're trying to make it practical for the most people going to and from an area, um, trying to hedge your bets and be kind of central is, is just a way to uh, try to capture as many. If you, if you have to walk four or five blocks to get to a, a transfer area, you might be less likely to do so and more likely to use a car more often. If it's only a couple blocks, there's a better chance you see that as a practical daily option. So those are some of the, the reasons we would look to try to be central. To mention, because I, I, I guess I want this to be clear, I, there was a, a comment about is, is the point to get rid of cars? No, you know, we, we know that cars fill a need for people and a lot of people use them and that the transition isn't overnight, right? We're not going to convince people next week to all of a sudden use the bus for every piece of their daily lives, but um, there, there is a hope to convince more and more to do that and make it practical, comfortable a good experience to do that so that for people who do need cars or that is the most convenient ways that there's a balance there um, so that that's really the intent it's not to uh, stifle all ability for cars to get in and out of the area conveniently um, but how, how do we start making that transition and if the trend is just that more and more and more people want to drive and park in a in a tightly confined space um, that's, that's just another thing we're, we're trying to address with, with improved facilities. to John Dean, you know, makes a good point about bike infrastructure downtown. There's a, um, there's been a lot of discussion about desire for more protected bicycle infrastructure downtown. Um, so there are a number of people who are comfortable riding bikes in the street with traffic, but maybe families with kids are less so or less confident riders. So one of the plans attempts to um, get some protected bicycle infrastructure that would per perhaps continue on other blocks, but um, but that is certainly another piece of the transportation puzzle to try to get people moving around in, in uh, other vehicles. But now I feel like I'm talking a lot, so I, I feel comments are dying down. I'm happy to, I'll pause again um, in case folks have any last minute comments. I appreciate y'all staying on the call later than we had planned. Adam, I just want to, I just want to say again, it's, I think I want to acknowledge and recognize how hard it is to be in your position. And um, it's not easy to, um, to um, 
really be criticized <laughs> and you've been very gracious, which I mean, is great, but it, it is hard to, to um, manage so many expectations. And um, so I, I just, once again, I thank you. And I really do thank you for that in-person outreach because that is just so key. And that's really what catches people's attention. And, um, you know, I'm glad you have a staff be <laughs> because I have my own two feet and I can't get around like I, uh, to as many people as I would like. But I, I just want to um, reiterate that um, I do think we can, we can make some really good progress coming out of all these conversations um, and not just about the location of, of the transfer station. So thank you. And thank you, Tony and crew for all, all of the work that you've been doing on this. The last call to action I might leave folks with since we do have a lot of downtown business folks that I have had a ton of time to talk with is that we did struggle to find the right ways to do outreach back in, um, well, really March and April, um, trying to get some early engagement. I know there's been a number of folks who really, this is kind of the first step into this project and we've been um, trying to explore avenues to get in touch with people so that you don't feel surprised and like you're coming in at the last minute. Um, I know last week we had staff walking around in person to every business that we could get into and, um, hand out paper cards with information on how to join tonight and, and some of the other um, information online. But I would ask um, if you have channels where you learn about things, where it's the, the right way for us to engage with you, we are very interested in learning about that. And if it's walking door to door, we can plan on what that looks like. If it's email, if, it, if you get things through the chamber or DLI, um, but as a small staff, we've just got um, three full-timers on our staff. Uh, we, we need to figure out the best way to continue to, to reach out to you all because uh, there will be points in the future we want to get, get this discussion going and, and learn things. So we, we, we would appreciate any insight you could provide. With that, I will probably move towards ending the meeting. Um, but thank you all again for for time. Again, uh, this will be recorded and posted. We've, like I mentioned, we have some upcoming uh, engagement opportunities, but we'll keep you all updated um, on how this is how this is moving forward and, and what next steps might be. Thank you.